Welcome to Pillar and Ground Podcast. I'm Brian Salter, lead pastor at LMPC, and this episode is a Pillar and Ground Connections episode where we seek to increase our connection to one another with whom we stand together in community and mission. And today our connection that we want to foster further is with Dustin Kell and Michael Wakefield, particularly regarding uh, faith and work and some work they've done uh, to develop in their work as Christians to understand uh, what God has for them in work and for all of us. And so they're going to share a little bit about that today and what they've learned. And so welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad you're here. Uh, I think the starting point for us is just, first of all, to talk about your vocations. You know, what what has God called you to do? I'll start with Dustin. Well, I'd say I'm a, a trucker, uh, or I'm in the trucking industry, and the mountain is actually uh, full of truckers. Mm. Uh, I've been in the industry for about 15 years uh, with U.S. Express and served in a, a variety of roles. And in present day, um, I'm responsible for about 2,500 drivers and uh, 400 office staff. Mm. So I get to support, uh, I would say, many walks of life uh, as we're really uh, responsible for uh, driver experience over the mm-hmm. road many times. As these truck drivers are uh, away from their homes and communities for two and three weeks at a time. And so we are constantly uh, designing new ways to care for them. Mm-hmm. That's great. And Michael? I'm a lawyer and I have stopped practicing law, gone into corporate insurance brokerage. And that's been about seven years since I made that jump. And I currently lead a team of 12 other people, most of whom are lawyers, uh, doing transactional insurance, which is a whole discussion in itself, if you don't know what that is, uh, but essentially is at the crossroads of corporate mergers and acquisitions, law and insurance. And so very professional services heavy. Um, and yeah, I lead that team. That's great. And uh, failed to mention, Dustin and Michael, both are members here at LMPC and their families are involved in the life of the church here. And um, and so they, you went through a faith and work uh, program initiative. It may have a better title than that. I'll let you uh, name that better. Um, that uh, I believe Jonathan Ingram oversees in our city, and uh, you went through it here locally in Chattanooga. So talk, just talk about it, just in general, what what that was, what y'all did. Yeah. So Michael may have to correct me, but I believe the formal name is Chattanooga's Center for Faith and Works. Uh, we went through the Main and Market Fellows Program. Okay. Uh, many people know the Chattanooga Fellows or um, what we'll call the the baby or young fellows, but this is the Main and Market <laughs> Fellows Program. What I would say for working professionals, um, anywhere from gosh, three or four years to 30 years experience. Okay. And you've got a very diverse cohort of 12 to 15 people a year that go through a, a nine month, but I would say pretty intensive program uh, that really is focused uh, on really uh, several things around vocation, community and faith. So mm-hmm. is, um, I would say our very own Dan Wyckoff that probably brought us together in this, some encouragement and nudge uh, for, for Michael and I to, to start that journey a couple of years ago. So we would meet Monday nights for two hours, almost every Monday with some holidays off. We would have uh, occasional Saturday, either events or retreats. Uh, we had at least one retreat where it was an overnight and we had some sort of intense focus on longer you know, sessions that take longer to dig into than a two hour meeting. Uh, we came out of the session with a final project, which I think is probably worth talking about at some point here. Yeah. Uh, there, and there was a lot of reading and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll frame this in uh, frame this discussion in one way. 
I'm a good uh, student in doing my assignments, and I did almost all of the reading. I think Dustin did less of the reading than I did. But what I thought was the one of my most interesting takeaways from the class is we get to the end and we do this project and I just could not pull it together. And it's a practical application of all you've learned. And I just, I I really struggled with it. And, Uh and Dustin had like this perfect practical application that I think he's still working on. And so it kind of made me think, man, being a good student is not the point. (laughs) So I was patting myself on the back the whole time about, about my reading and it didn't really get me anywhere. Yeah. So he had that head. I had the heart. There you uh, go. What was the project? What was that? So they're called a cultural renewal project. And for me specifically, I'm very involved in uh, advocacy or what I would say being the voice for the American truck driver. And so my project specifically was on autonomous trucks impact to 4 million driver lives. And so there's a lot of brokenness and opportunity uh, within our industry. And so we have a lot of technology and venture capital coming into this space. And so really wanted us to look at it through a biblical lens or a human dignity lens. So Michael is spot on that uh, he got deep into the theology and much of the reading. And I poured myself really into the project. And there was much grace, I think, in the program um, throughout. And then certainly learned a ton from Michael and the teaching that we got every Monday night. Yeah. And I I really mean that in a way to be complimentary to Dustin, because I I came out convicted in my inability to apply all of that really good learning. I mean, it was a, you know, you've been to seminary and I haven't. And so it's probably a lot of things that you've studied hard that we went Mm -hmm. through in a little bit of a survey fashion, but we read, you know, a lot of full books, a lot of Puritan books. There was a lot of reading and I just ate that up and then had a harder time pivoting. Mm -hmm. And so that's actually been a longer term takeaway of mine is let's not get caught up in the head part of it and let's get into the practical application and the heart and the, the actual impact on the world. Yeah, that's good. So did you have to do a separate project or did y'all work together on yours was separate? Yeah, he so actually each, had a great project. So don't let him fool you. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we each fellow had a project okay. and, and actually another element that I don't think we mentioned in summarizing the program is w- some of our Saturday sessions were focused on design thinking. Is that how you describe it? Mm-hmm. And the Chalmers Center got involved and took us through mm. essentially how to do a project. And so mm. less telling us what to do and more saying, if you want to do something, whatever applies to your industry, here, here's the design thinking methodology to do it and how to go through, um, sort of not go down rabbit holes, focus where you need to focus, figure out what's best and mm. and be able to pivot to something that's actually going to be the right answer. It was really a helpful go forward. And that's training. a great segue to that innovation and design thinking framework. If you think about some of the LMPC membership like Kelly and Tabitha, mm-hmm. Kavik, you know, mm-hmm. Tabitha actually uh, walked us through uh, that framework mm-hmm. uh, on behalf of the Chalmers Center and then uh, the group Bridge Innovate, which I think uh, you're familiar with yeah, too. They Jim did a Whitener fin- and those yeah, guys. phenomenal mm-hmm. job um, really helping us with those projects. And then I I will share and try to say this um, with a little humility, but uh, my project was actually selected with a national cohort Hmm. um, to be really facilitated by a gentleman by the name of Dave Evans. And he uh, worked for Tim Keller for a couple of years and is um, also the co-founder of the Life Design Lab for Stanford. So we're finishing up that cohort um, literally this month. So Hmm. pretty exciting um, to be a part of that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's your project was really when you start to get into how did that faith and work study directly impact your view of your particular work, you know, was, I don't know if you said this and I read it in an interview or this is just my words. I have no idea, but treating truck drivers like humans, not cattle. Correct. 
Did you say that? I did. Yeah. So it's, it's on LinkedIn and, and publicly stated, I think even in some recent interviews with uh, Chattanooga Times Free Press, yeah. of just our industry is is known for that, treating drivers like cattle or commodities. Yeah. And we say that we're on a mission uh, at US Express to really re-engineer trucking. And at mm-hmm. the, the heart of that is it's human dignity and treating people with value. Mm. And our Christian uh, doctrine and theology uh, prizes that human dignity and brings that to bear on the yep. industry. Um, so how does it, how did that faith and work study directly impact Michael, your day-to-day life, your work as you went about transactional insurance? Is that correct? That's how most people ask about okay. it. That's okay. Um, <laughs> we've met for lunch a couple of times. I'm still trying to figure all the details out about exactly what it is. We can have a separate podcast and I'll walk you through all the steps. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, You know, I've been, since I started practicing law, I, well, let me go back to when I started practicing law. I I was just hungry for some practical framework, practical theological framework for understanding, Mm. you know, why am I doing this? And I liked practicing law, but it was in a big law firm setting. And I think in that setting where you're competing for large corporate clients, it's a Mm. cutthroat world, you end up being around a lot of people who don't find much identity in life outside of their success in their jobs. Yeah. It's it's a job that has the uh, great tendency to suck people in, including me. It's easy to get sucked into, right? Right. And so from starting out in that world, I started saying, what is, what am I, how am I supposed to be thinking about this uh, theologically? How does this fit with my faith? And mm. I, I fa- ended up at the time finding a number of Tim Keller sermons that ultimately were very similar to the content that was in his Every Good Endeavor book, which I think was released in 2014 yeah. or sometime around then. So ex- in the middle excellent of, book. Yeah, towards kind of the end of my time actually practicing law. And and even that book, I ended up uh, like facilitating a few studies with friends. I was in Atlanta at the time and we had a good group, that maybe two or three groups that went through that and talked about it. But even that book, it's it's almost just skimming the surface of of all of the different faith work type theological concepts and principles. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so what this course did for me was it filled out a lot of underpinnings of that. And like, I think one of the things that jumped out at me was the Dorothy Sayers um, essay, the secular is sacred, serve the work. A lot of the, and you've, you're familiar with a lot of these concepts, right? But you, you can kind of build a pyramid of, um, of stability as we go into our work lives. Mm -hmm. And so for me, and this goes back to me doing the reading instead of the practical, I, you you can tell I'm kind of beating myself up a little bit about not having Dustin's cool project, but honestly, (laughs) there's a lot, there, there is a lot, there's a lot of growth and a lot of grace for me in building out that conceptual framework. And I Mm -hmm. think going forward, that's going to pay dividends. And that's how I tend to operate is start with the understanding and then hopefully the, the rest flows out of that yeah is that the dorothy sears article where she talks about the role of a christian carpenter is to make good tables yes exactly yeah and and so we think really is that it that's it that that's at the heart of christian vocation is it really i love that quote from her um any further develop way it's affected your work the well, program i, you I told through? you michael's got the the brain part of this covered <laughs> uh, the deep reading and in, in theology and for me it was Probably, I would say much more simple as he's alluded to at the project, but there are three areas within the program that I think we both took a, a lot away from. And, you know, the, the core focus at the beginning is on creation. Yeah. And as he referenced every good endeavor with Tim Keller, I think, you know, that book does a great job of starting in the garden 
and mm-hmm. illustrating the brokenness uh, and the beauty in work. And I mm-hmm. think as we went through some pretty intense daily devotions that really focused on the creation and what revealed to me through that process was just the patience and waiting that you find in the Old Testament. And many mm-hmm. times you see that in our careers in work and just mm-hmm. we want it, or at least I can speak for myself of just you want things now or things yeah. to, to unfold now. And I think it was a great reminder to me is – you know, one thing we've not talked about, we did this in 2020 and 2021 uh, during COVID. Okay. And so it was a mix of uh, a virtual setting in person with masks, I-, I think most Mondays. And so there was an element of even waiting and just really being uncomfortable at times, even in just our everyday life. Yeah. yeah. So it was uh, pretty interesting with that. But then the other two key points, I think, within this framework uh, is that redemption uh, of really, you know, Jesus coming and just mm-hmm. what that did and how that gave hope to the world and then ultimately our work present mm-hmm. day and the dignity of work. And then the overarching theme I think you see in the program is really worldview. Mm-hmm. And I think as you gain a further understanding of a Christian life and how that integrates into work, of what does that do to shape your worldview? And then keep in mind what was going on in 2020, 2021, a lot of social unrest yeah. as well. So I thought the program did a really great job of pressing in to some of those, I'll say, political or uh, cultural issues, which we had. Mm-hmm gosh, probably two or three weeks segments on racial reconciliation and mm-hmm. what that meant for the mm-hmm. workplace too. That's really good. And I'd add to that, I, I really looking back thought the outline of the entire nine months was thoughtfully done. Looking back, you didn't really appreciate it when you're in the middle of it, Yeah. but we started with worldview and framed the whole class with worldview. And then we went to biblical narrative and tied the worldview to the biblical narrative and then talked about the gospel. Yeah. Which obviously is the center of everything. And then really looked inward and had this, I thought, very extended session on personal renewal, which I kind of got exhausted it. with. Because that, that was hard. And I talked about emotions all I the think time. you cried. <laughs> not, not really. I probably should have cried, but didn't because I'm an emotionless, <laughs> sad person. I'm just joking. Um, and then, but then out of the personal renewal, we look at community. And so how does your personal renewal flow out into your community and then right. from community go back to cultural renewal. And so the kind of the macro worldview on one end, cultural cultural renewal on the other end, mm. uh, really brought the class together. And, and that ties back to your point, Dustin, that you were just making. See, I just love Michael. I'm looking at his notes and the systematic approach that he's got every bullet point. It's it's awesome. And he did say something or touched on the community piece yeah. that was just so integral. And for me, being new to the mountain, that was really my hope or intent of joining this program was to really get connected to the city. Yeah. And it really ended up being connected to people like Michael and Jonathan Ingram and other people in the cohort uh, mm. in a really interesting time during COVID. Yeah. And so, you know, it certainly helped shape uh, our initial, I'll say, step into community uh, on the mountain and mm-hmm. in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems to me that um, the doctrine of creation is fundamental to a Christian view of work. And so often our worldview, sadly, in the church, so often starts with sin. Which if that's where you start, then the role of work is to share the gospel and how to get rid of the problem of sin. But if you have creation, you have a whole nother, uh, just huge reality that comes to bear dignity, work, uh, community, all those things. And so there's a way in which a lot of times the church starts off with our message of you're a sinner versus you're made in the image of God with dignity created for a purpose 
And so it sounds like that is so integral to the program, which is so helpful. Um, what other, you've mentioned some resources, um, every good endeavor, the Dorothy Sayers article, were there any other particular resources that helped you understand more clearly how God's kingdom advance is connected to your real work? I would highlight the the work again from the Chalmers Center yeah. and specifically Becoming Whole, uh, the book itself by Brian Fickert. And then I know yeah. Dr. Kelly Capick had added to that as well, but there is a field guide to that. And as we've already alluded to, I'm probably more practical uh, in the work and the project I'm doing. But I think the Chalmers Center does a phenomenal job uh, in poverty alleviation frameworks. And I think that really applies to the work that we do in the trucking industry, because most people don't realize the brokenness in trucking. And many of our drivers that are coming into an over-the-road job are actually materially poor. And so how do we meet their Mm. basic needs before we uh, invite them into a relationship of productivity? And I think they do a phenomenal job of laying the groundwork for mm. that type of work. Mm. That's great. And and you will have heard Tabitha on a previous podcast. We talked about a lot of the work that she does earlier. And so if you haven't heard that one, you can go back to it. Uh, Michael, how about you? Any resources? Yeah, it's funny that I agree with Dustin. My list, though, was more of the the books that we read. Yeah. And so it compliments Dustin's uh, comment well. You're a good team. Um, I think that fewer of us than we would think have actually read anything John Calvin wrote. Um, we read his golden booklet, which is a small, small handbook on the Christian life. And, and I found that, um, uh, interesting and eye opening and convicting and would recommend it to anybody. Uh, then kind of other Puritans that John Owen mortification of sin was very impactful to me. Mm. Um, on the creation point, I thought Walter's book creation regained, um, sort of set a new framework for looking at the world in the, in the same way we were talking about. And I could go on down the list. Lots of good books. I'm happy to send the reading list. Anybody who wants it, it's, it's long, but um, everything in it uh, paints a uh, paints a picture of the world in a or I don't know, paints the world in a new light that was helpful Mm -hmm. in thinking through these. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll put the the books mentioned during the podcast in the show notes. So you can uh, find those resources. We'll also put information about the center for faith and work, Jonathan Egram, uh, in Chattanooga, so that if this piques your interest and you think, I want to, I want to go through that, you don't know how to reach out. And, um, so what do you think Christians are most lacking when it comes to understanding the integration of faith and work? Personally, I think we fail sometimes to realize first how much time that we spend in our vocation that if you really look at waking hours, you're spending more time in your vocation than you are any other area of your life, more than likely. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes, especially what we talked about in, in the South specifically, too, that, you know, you've got your faith and um, that might be just on Sunday for some mm-hmm. families or mm-hmm. at best maybe on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, too. But just how do you integrate that throughout the common threads of your everyday life? And, you know, it's it's challenging, mm-hmm. I think for many, including myself, because there's at times a certain boldness required uh, to bring your faith into the workplace. And um, I think the program touches on those opportunities of how you do that. And Mm so I think that's often something that just doesn't hit people's radar of how you do that. But Mm -hmm. I think, again, the program and Jonathan and the others that facilitate this program 
really look to give the tools and resources to help people be really change agents for that renewal piece. Mm, That's great. I would answer that by saying we all, and and maybe overstating it, but I think this is probably true. We all veer towards viewing work wrongly as either a necessary evil or as an idol. Mm. And finding the, the middle path that treats work like work was meant to be treated as a creation ordinance and as a God created man and God created work. And that's mm-hmm. pre-sin and pre-fall and work is good and sacred. And that whole concept I think fits right in between those two extremes. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that different Christians have different struggles with work. Mine probably is more on the idle side. Um, and, to Dustin's point, a good um, idle check is Sabbath, which I also mm. don't I probably don't benefit from like I could. Um, so that I think that's how I think about it. And mm-hmm. when I come back to let's take a big picture view of my own approach or others' approach, I usually think about it in those terms. Did y'all talk about Sabbath during the program? Sabbath rhythms. We did, and <laughs> I'm sitting here feeling convicted as well, because I think most of us, Stephen, use the Sabbath to prepare for the week uh, in terms of mm. our work, not mm-hmm. just in terms of rest on the Sabbath. And so it's probably a good reminder we're we're fleshing some of this out today. Yeah, yeah. And before uh, the show, I'll put you. All, I'm going to go ahead and put you on the hook here. Michael mentioned to Dustin we really should do a Sunday school class or series <laughs> on this. So. Uh, I, I vouch for that and think it'd be incredibly yeah. valuable. I, this is one illustration that I've used with people to try to bring uh, work and faith to the uh, lowest shelf, the, where you can get the cookies off the low shelf. But one time when I was teaching on faith and work, I went and got um, 100 pink Baskin-Robbins spoons from a Baskin-Robbins dealer. They didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted the spoons. I didn't want anything else. And I had every man take the spoon, and I said, Everyone in our in our work is giving away taste of the kingdom that is to come. We are giving away samples of what our king and the kingdom that is to come is like. And you have to figure out what is the sample. You know, Baskin-Robbins has 31 flavors. Your role, your job may have a few flavors of the kingdom. That's great. Together as a community, we can give out many tastes. So it could be. Order, care, protection could be wisdom, uh, planning. It could be beauty. It could be uh, health and wellness. It could, knowledge. Well, what are the tastes of the kingdom you're giving away? And those men were called to put that pink spoon on their desk at work to see it every day and say, what is the sample of Christ's kingdom that I'm to give away today? And that doesn't mean necessarily sharing the gospel. You talked about sharing your faith in your work. That could mean the order that God values for the world. Um, it could mean someone ask you about how you found this to be the most important message you've ever heard. But it, it's a it's a wider spectrum, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that help? And I think that's a, a great illustration. And I'll go back to maybe how Michael and I first started talking about this. And we'd only known each other for probably two or three weeks on the golf course. And then we realized quickly that we were both thinking about this commitment uh, to the program. And to Michael's credit, I think is touching on the illustration where you were facilitating um, what I would consider that 
book club or study through every good endeavor at mm-hmm. work. And I just, I think that is such a great illustration of that taste because again, the opportunity to really integrate faith. I mean, there's so much opportunity in discipleship and mm-hmm. mentoring mm-hmm. and walking along people in, in life, uh, in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And I think if we don't do those things, uh, we're really missing out on the mm-hmm. sweetness of the gospel. Yeah. And the view of humanity is so big, you know, uh, you, we mentioned the cattle, but a lot of times in work, particularly if you have any leadership role, it becomes an idol. People become vehicles to your agenda or obstacles to your agenda versus human beings to be loved and cared for. And so it sounds like this program really brings that to bear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, yes. And I would add a slightly different point, which is all of our callings at work are slightly different. Mm-hmm. And and that Dustin mentioned in the Tim Keller book, Every Good Endeavor, reminds me of a point he makes in that book that we all come to work from a different perspective. And we all come to, and and those perspectives can all come straight out of a Christian worldview mm-hmm. and a thoughtful, faithful approach to our work. But if one person's ministry at work is uh, finding a forum to share the gospel. Another person's might be um, creating a work environment that is mm-hmm. affirming and um, supports the individual employees they work with and brings competence mm-hmm. to clients. There are a lot of faithful ways to express our faith at work or a lot of ways to express our faith at work that reflect the gospel. And it's not just one of those. Yeah. And we all aren't necessarily called to do all of them every day. That's right. And it's liberating in a lot of ways when you think about it like that. It's liberating to know I can't do it all. And what God, what's God called me to? Michael, that's a, a great point about identifying people's gifts and skills, that mm-hmm. we are very different. And I think if we do take a step back and look from a biblical lens, that we're able to honor each other's gifts and skills and yeah. not look at them as shortcomings, mm-hmm. um, which I'm certainly guilty in my own sin of doing sometimes. But we all have very unique gifts and skills that God has given us. Yeah, just in my own work, um, as we're going through Renew, you know, David Fowler brought me some building plans and I said, that's not me. I don't, I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't see it. It's not my calling. It's not my gift set. Go next door to Frank. Uh, I have a whole different set. So I'm not even going to get involved in all that. I barely can even visualize it. And so knowing your limits allows you to work within what God's given you, which is a wonderful, Wonderful grace. Um, yeah, so thank you all for your time and talking about faith and work. It's a, it's a huge subject that we could talk about for a very long time, and I hope you'll talk about it further in Sunday school. I do hope you'll contact the program in the show notes. Just to Jonathan Ingram again. Jonathan Ingram, he is the uh, executive director, and uh, I think Michael actually has the website listed as well. Yeah, the website for Chattanooga faith and work is it's chat c-h-a-t-t faith and work.com and the website has a lot of resources and tells a lot about the various programs jonathan's running all right thank you guys for joining us today thank you thanks for having us thank you for joining us for another episode of pillar and ground we hope you'll join us for future episodes